Hey guys, welcome back to Quarantine, episode 19. Uh, my guest today, good friend of mine, uh, we used to run a show together called Christmas Dinner at Genghis Cohen. It was a Jewish-themed comedy show at a Chinese restaurant. What's more perfect than that, you know? We tried to help out the Jews in the community that had a tough time, you know, breaking into the industry. You know how hard it is for our people. Uh, he also used to host um, one of, if not my absolute favorite open mics uh, at Friends and Family. It was um, this little, you know, cafe in Hollywood that uh, they'd open, put back room midday Sundays. It was really awesome. Great people came out to it. It was always a fun time. It was one of those rare mics where you weren't required to stay for the whole thing, but most people just did anyway. So I, I used to love that. Um, he, he tells me that he, he thinks it is coming back almost certainly, which is very good news. We talk about it on the podcast. Uh, he is Jake Grafstein. Uh, I had a, we had a great conversation. We talked about tons of things, uh, 90s movies, uh, as well as um, Breaking Down Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is one of the few movies I've chosen to rewatch during the pandemic. I've been trying to watch as many new movies or as many movies as I haven't seen but always wanted to see, mostly classics. Um, but, uh, you know, I made an exception for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I wanted to watch it again for a third time, saw it twice in theaters. Um, and we, we have a great conversation about that. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get started. A great episode with my good friend, Jake Rafstein. Hi, Josh. What's up, Jake? Where's your green hat? What do you mean my green hat? The little visor. Yeah, I was oh oh the visor that I was wearing when I was talking to you guys on uh when we did the Burt's back room group chat. Yeah, where's that's that? That's my that's my lucky poker visor that I only wear when I'm playing poker because I was simultaneously playing poker while doing the Burt's back room chat. Right. Talking to friends would be not exciting enough. Well, I was already in the poker game. I didn't like I didn't like be like, "Ugh, I need to do something so I can get through this conversation with people." It was more like, you know, I was in the poker game and I'm like, "Well, let me also talk to these friends and probably sacrifice some of my poker focus to talk to these friends who I want to talk to." It's costing you that, money to it engage was, with friends. It did. It did. It, that's that's how much I wanted to talk to all of you guys. You sent me some microphone technology today to help me with the launching of my podcast. And this mic does not look like the one you sent me. No, no. What I mean, the main thing that was that I was showing you, that's probably the mic I sent you is probably a better mic than this mic. This was a pretty cheap mic that I bought at uh, Sam Ash when I was just like, what's the cheapest fucking mic you have is basically what I said. But um but it was a mic with a stand for you. The main thing was the audio box that'll connect your microphone to the computer. That's yeah. the main piece of equipment included in there. But I'm like, you're also going to need a mic and right. a stand. I've got like, I've also got this stand, which is nicer than the stand in that kit. But it, it like clicks to my desk and everything. I, you know, I bought everything separately. I was just trying to send you a nice little bundled package. That was good. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was nice. It was useful. You'd probably be better off than me if you just got the things I sent to you. I have a mic already that I used that I use. I say used, but I used for the friends and family mic. How heartbreaking that it doesn't exist anymore. Do you think it'll be back once this is over or do you feel like I don't know? 
I do think it'll be back. I spoke with Dan, the owner who runs that place, because I called to check in. I was like, hey, man, I hope you guys are okay. They are in an advantageous position relative to other restaurants because their investors own the building that they rent from. So like mortgage rent, they'll probably, and they got the loan, I think. But man, it's scary to think, what do you, what's your guess on the remainder of restaurants that'll still be around 25%? I mean, fucking Swingers and the Pikey went down like that. And Swingers is like a staple. You'd think, uh, you think, I, I guess I, what, what's challenging to me is like all these landlords that are like, all right, you can't pay the rent. You're out. No one will fill this space, you know, through the remainder of however long this is. And when this is all over, I'm going to have to find someone that wants to take it. And what am I going to do? Am I going to keep charging what I was charging you? Yeah. It's just like it, it, nothing makes any sense. There's no, uh, there's Rhyme no logic, logic. Yeah. Logic to it all. Uh, it was handled very poorly by the, I mean, the, if the government stimulus had come out much earlier or if there was some sort of guarantee I mean, it's a weird trust thing. Although I do think friends and family will be fine. And I do think that we will go back to just doing the mic. Although I was thinking about what I want to do differently. Instead of 20 people, I'd have 15. And I think I'd have no mic. I think mics will come back, but there won't be actual microphones. People will just oh, have to yeah, 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 yeah. And talk. You should have only as many people as can sit six feet apart inside the restaurant. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be weird, you know? It's going to be, like, at first I was like, at first, my thought was there's going to be like this huge influx of people doing stand up. But I think that it's going to be real dead for a while, actually. Now, my new. It's one of two things. Either comedians are like cockroaches and you can't kill them and they will just <laughs> they'll be back in full force. You're like, how did you live through this? I guess they did. I don't know. Or, yeah, there'll be like nine comedians left at the improv mic <laughs> and then they all do 20 minutes. I, you know, I, like, I like to mention this at every opportunity, but I got set of the night at the very last improv mic before this all shut down. Congratulations. I was, I was on my way, baby. Have you been texting Rita <laughs> during straight this? to the top Have every day, texting? every day. Rita, how you don't feeling? Forget, don't forget about me, Rita. Yeah. She's Rita just checking in. How are you? How are you doing in all this mess? It, this is the podcast, by the way, right? We're not. It's not like you're going to be like, and we're starting now. No, no, no. I, I am. I like to start because I feel I've always felt that like the initial ten minutes of the podcast are really like the hottest ten of every podcast, and then it gets into like if you ever listen to Bill Burr's podcast, the first ten, it's almost like it's like ten new minutes of hot material, and then it gets to points like, all right, I'm gonna take this quiz online. Uh, which <laughs> Disney character am I? Uh, dude, what are these fucking questions? Uh, so we're right though, now, right? right now we're in the hot 10 of, uh, of the mic. And it's, you know, it's not the hottest 10 I've started with, but it's, but it's going, but it's going all right. I don't even See, think I... it's good at all. I think we're having, <laughs> this is a bad podcast so far. No, 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 no. How, who's been your best so far? Who's your, what am I, episode 16 or something? You're, well, I've got three in the can that I haven't released yet. I got a little lazy recently. Just like there was like a period of time where I was doing it every day and editing the one minute because I really just do it for that one minute for Instagram. To put on Instagram so people. Yeah, can... yeah. That one minute of me railroading the guest with a hot bit. That <laughs> like basically one minute of me doing stand up to an audience of one. Not much different than our show. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. are now can, canceled. Can you yeah. put as your one minute me promoting this three dollar mug I got at Target? Oh no, it's not enough me. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but also also we never heard back from Formosa. Wouldn't you it know, be funny if we emailed them again right now? I know, right? I I just went through my emails yesterday and like removed all the follow up tags and whatever. I'm very organized with that shit normally. And it's funny, yeah, we sent them five emails that they didn't respond to after they were so excited to have us. Yeah. Do you think it was because of the Jew twist when we were like, 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 it'll be a Jewish show. And they're like, we don't like Jews. We hate Jews. You're a a Chinese restaurant. You live, you live off of our business. I think that it is exactly what happened with me and Sanyam with uh, Hyperion Public, which is just those like big, good restaurant bar places have so many cooks in the kitchen pun intended that i'm sure she emailed it to her boss and he was like cool let me think about it and then he forgot and then i'm sure when one of the five emails i followed up with she probably just mentioned it or thought of you know we're not a priority for them who cares but i don't think there was you think is anti-semitic how what percentage of your life that things didn't go out are based on anti-semitism every single time (laughs) Every single time I don't get some people don't laugh at a joke at a show. I just sit there. I'm thinking bunch of fucking Nazis in this audience right now. Uh, I, I use anti-Semitism as a crutch to blame all of my problems. I was, um, uh, I was dating a girl and uh, she was starting to date a different guy after me. Can you believe it? And, uh, and I go, you I think go, she'd be ruined for life. Exactly. I think she'd go to women. She, <laughs> you she think goes, she'd turn to women after that? Or just like... How could she date another man? She'd become... After what that man put her through. I made a joke. I was like, is he like another bald Jewish man? And she goes, why? Would that like upset you or make you happier? And I was like, it would make me live it. I don't want you to date another, but like that would be, I should be, if she go date someone completely different. Well, wait, would you be like happier if she dated like a Jewish guy with hair? Cause that would be, that would mean she's upgrading. That's an interesting, <laughs> uh, not necessarily. You know what's funny? I, I don't have but hair. Like a full, obviously. luscious head of hair. Um. <laughs> people tell me I look so bad with hair. The number of people that have seen me, like a picture well, of me with look, hair. You look good bald. You you have you have a very good bald look. I, I can't even tell you how many times over over this. Uh, if everyone wasn't shaving their head right now, I'd have done it. But I can't be like the rest of them. Why you, know? you, you should do. I'm growing a beard right now, and everybody else is doing that too. Yeah, but I had the beard. I just haven't trimmed the beard. I'm letting you know, it all go. I'm going. Your mountain hair man. doesn't look bad, by the way. The way it Thanks. is. Thank you. Some people are balding like you, and they look. It's like, dude. Well, there were moments where, like, the light was hitting my head in a certain way, and I was like, I'm, I'm pretending I have hair at this point. That's the, first, that's the first reason I buzzed my hair is I did an improv show in Chicago and I had there's a picture where the light was hitting my buddy Tony zoomed in on the picture and he goes right there and I was like well there you go <laughs> I was looking at it and I'm like this looks like I'm just in hardcore denial that I have hair are you in denial do you think you have hair not really I but but you know what the weird thing is it's hard to gauge because like I look at old pictures of me from like like just after college when I was at the same level of thinking I'm I was like losing my hair as I am now 
had so much more hair. Right. And it's like my brain has always thought I only have this amount of hair. But like like back then I was I was clearly like over over like exaggerating how much hair I had lost. And now I'm like over exaggerating how much hair I have over over emphasis. If you had um, like a four year old son it would be perfect for the level of hair. You, you look like a perfect, like, young dad's hair. That's where you are. Well, when I was living in New York, I really, I had, I wrote this web series. I moved in with these two, like, ultra Long Island bro dudes at one point, and they were just, like, the most, like, like Long Island bros, it's almost incestuous. They're, they're like, levels of friendship. If you ever met, like... Oh, I love them. I'm a big fan of Long Island bros. Yeah, yeah, but, like, like they love their best friends. Like, By the way, do you, know what a Long, do you know what a Long Island bro is? It's what? the co- It's the cocktail of Long Island with a splash of Gatorade. Is that a drink? Is that a real drink called the Long I Island just, bro? I just made it up, but it oh, would okay. be a great drink. Um... <laughs> Well, anyway, anyway, like best friends that grew up in Long Island are like, I find, and this is, you know, maybe this is just prejudicial stereotype, but I'm going to, I'm going to lay it out there. Incestuous with their friendships, like love their best friends more than they love their wives. Um, But I was like with these super, and they, they hated me. They just, they just hated me. But um, I really wanted to make this web series while I was there uh, where I played like, a dad who just got divorced, his wife just divorced him, and like he just had to move it, like he had to find a place to move into. So he moves into this open room with these two broy Long Island dudes. And I wanted, to play, I wanted to play like this divorced dad who's like fighting with his wife and like occasionally watches his kid, but like also is fighting for custody and is also like trying to fit in with these Long Island bro dudes. I felt it's like it was a great late. character for me. Yeah, it's not too late to play it's that. Still character. a good character for me. But I, I, you know, the set, I had the setting. Uh, I was living in the location. I had the Long Island bro dudes. They just hated me, though. Yeah. Maybe they would have uh, liked you more if you didn't hate them. No, no, I really liked them at first, but it was, oh. it, was it was almost like that made it worse. <laughs> the Long Island bro. That By made, the way, that, I really wanted to be friends with them. That I went to college with a lot of dudes exactly like that. Long Island bros that moved to Boston for college that were just my my favorite people because they have so much culture of their own. You know, yeah. it's so distinct. It's it's so interesting how much how how much their own world they are it's like it's like more intense than like people from minnesota yeah yeah or new jersey i mean it's just one of the boroughs it's not even its own well it's not a borough long island is separate from the boroughs i thought it was one of the boroughs i thought it was no staten island you're right staten island manhattan brooklyn the bronx queens Long Island is the sixth, right? Outside oh. of Manhattan is its own type of weird Italian Jewish culture. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm glad you're not in New York during this coronavirus. Oh, my God. Well, first off, my brother is in New York. He lives in New York. Um, okay. But he uh, he fortunately basically worked from home before everything. So he just hasn't left his five by seven apartment. Uh <laughs> By himself? He has a roommate who also works from home. They're both uh, computer guys. They're both like tech guys. So um, nice. So like they had offices that they basically didn't go into to begin with. So their lives are essentially unchanged outside of like 
not being able to leave the confines of their apartment. Yeah, I, uh, I'm so glad to not be in some place like that. That would be... I was on the cusp of going to visit. For almost, I was, like, planning, like, a month stay in New York. Like, um, Did you stand middle, up and hang out? Middle of end of March um, through April, and I was going to go home to Florida for Passover. So I would have been right there in just, like, the heat of it, and it would have... Did you do anything for Passover? I made a matzo pizza. I made some matzo goods. I just made some matzo ball soup just now, nice. moments ago. You know, I don't like matzo ball soup. I don't, I can't. I like I you can't have to whisper. I like you have to whisper that. You're like, <laughs> I've tried so hard. I've had the best. I've had the matzo ball soup. People are like, this is the best matzo ball soup. And there's Where, plenty of other things. There's plenty of other things that I don't like. And then I've tried the best, and I was like, all right, I liked the best of it like i'm not a big eggplant guy but then i had this sandwich that had eggplant in it, and it was one of the best sandwiches i ever had but i don't know what it is i just i don't care about the matzo what about i like fish? the soup i like this i don't like gefilte fish either i like i like the chicken soup the broth the matzo ball broth i just don't like the matzo ball i don't it's a textural thing i don't get it is it just a ball of matzah? Like, what the fuck? It's matzah meal, so there's matzah in it. It's egg. It's spices. And then it's, um, it's, it's, uh, what, what's the word? Not steeped. It's, um, boiled in the soup. So it soaks up the juices I of. Yes. I guess it's textural. I guess it's purely textural because there's nothing in the matzah ball that I don't like on its own, independent of matzah. But then there's the opposite. I like mushroom-based things, and I like olive-based Like, I love olive oil. I can have those. Can't do mushrooms, can't do olives. So, what about uh, cooked mushrooms? I, I, it's textural. Something about it. It's something about it I, I can't stand. But I love, like, like mushroom, like, like a pasta in a mushroom sauce. I just don't like them. Like, I'll pick out the mushrooms. But I, like I see. The sauce. You know, do you notice how you whispered, by the way, though, when you said you didn't like it? Like, you know, yeah. there's something yeah. wrong with not my liking. I'm going to listen to it. My mom knows. Did your mom listen to every podcast you do? Oh, yeah. Today she was like, I lost the link. Send me the link. I'm like, what's, it's your, just what's my... your mom's name? Kathy. Kathy. Hey, it's Jake. How are you? So <laughs> good to finally meet you, Kath. Do people call her Kath? No, I think they just call her Kathy. Do you call her Kathy or do you call her mom? Oh. I call my mom Susan. What? Which is weird because her name's Karen. No, that's... <laughs> that was the worst joke anyone's told on my podcast. <laughs> I knew I'd break the record. I've had Seth Lawrence on here. Um, no, I, I, I like to. I like to give yeah, Seth. He's funny. I think I've Seth actually, Lawrence... I've actually had Seth on twice. He's the only repeat guest I've had yet. I Why is that? Second episode. He's just your easy go-to booty call. Uh, you know what? You ever find like there are certain people who just bring out like the funny in you. There are like some people who I talk to and I almost feel shut down. Like I feel like like my comedy sense is shut down. Sure, and then like, there are uh, other people who I talk to like that that Seth, that's... Seth. Oh, that shuts me down. I don't know. I I, I don't have them on. Um, you know, just sometimes you talk to somebody and you're just like, man, I, just, I don't feel like you're gonna like anything i have to say and i don't i don't, I don't like you and uh <laughs> yeah I tend, to, I tend to date those women mm -hmm. you're trying to like break them yeah to, no. i just like the abuse if they hate like me. the abuse yeah uh, i guess i guess i, I 
I, I, you know, I, I would say I don't, but my reputation says otherwise, or my my uh, my Sorry, history says otherwise. What's your? Uh, are you leaving the house at all? What's your like? Are you going crazy? Yeah, yeah. Have you not seen my Instagram stories? <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly losing my mind. Pretty normal. Uh, but uh, no, I I'll go on walks, but that's it. I won't like the extent I've ordered groceries. I won't go to the grocery store. Really? Um, Why? Do you, do you have a mask? Yeah, I just don't want to be in there. It, it, it just, I just don't. It's too, it's like, it's like, why would I go to the place the most people are going and touching things and being around? And uh, I, I've gone to my gas station. I've like grabbed like things in the gas station, but I'm always stressed the fuck out when I walk in. Uh, really? Just you yeah. worried somebody's going to come up and hug you or something. No, I'm just worried that I'm touching something somebody touched with the virus and then I'm going to get it. I mean, I've certainly calmed down a little bit about like the virus now that I've reached over a month of being in quarantine and like not uh, not leaving the house. I've gone on walks, but it's like it's amazing how much I hate every person I see while I'm. Yeah, on. I've become I I'm hate, usually I hate them so much. I know. I, I, I'm usually a very friendly guy, and I love to be friendly. It's not. I enjoy it. And I've now, when I pass people or someone's even like across the street from me, make eye contact. I don't don't even look at me. You know what I mean? Like I don't even want to. I don't even want to inter interact with anyone at any level. It, I'm on my balcony right now. I see people down below, and sometimes we make eye contact, and I'll look away. I won't even be nice. <laughs> it's 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 amazing because like it's like. It's like this is in a way a new thing to divide us. It's like become a new thing to divide us because like you had you had in 2016 you had like all right people who recognize that Trump's a delusional narcissistic psychopath and people who pretend he's not or convince themselves he's not. And now you have people who take this very real thing killing thousands of people seriously and people who act like you're an asshole for taking it seriously right. and it's like and it's like when i go on walks anyone who's like like i see like three people walking together like taking up the whole sidewalk and i'm like you fucking pieces of shit well i was texting um, you this i was at the grocery store in line and oh, two yeah. women were like standing together in grocery store and they were having fun they were laughing and like goofing around and one they were telling stories and I felt like somebody should have gone up and been like, Hey, stop talking to each other and having fun and like get, cause they're loudly laughing and stuff. It's very rude. They should be s somber during solemn, this moment. Solemn, the solemn time. Just like, um, I, think I was telling, back. I was telling Liz Glazer this, like, uh, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I like telling the story so much, but, um, because it's a problematic story that will get me canceled. But uh, I... You haven't been canceled yet? I feel like you'd be canceled. By the way, did you watch the Louis special? Not yet. I really say funny. not yet. I, 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 I want to. The funniest thing was being on the Burt's backroom chat and everyone on there talking about how they'd watched it. And I'm like, like, you'd expect this from the fourth wall chat. But the Burt's right. backward chat, that's for the people who don't approve of what Louie did. Uh, that, that's what makes Burt's backward. That's what's helped Burt survive the influx of mics. It's the one where the ladies feel safe. But if all the ladies knew that Burt's backroom was watching the Louie special yeah. all willy-nilly like he didn't do 
the worst thing any human has ever done on Earth. Uh. <laughs> you know what? It used to be in the 70s and 80s, like, I really got to get an HBO special was the big thing for comics. Now, the big thing is your special after you're canceled. Because Aziz's special and Louis' special, like, if you get canceled and then get a special, that's the real way to be I say big. I hated the Aziz special, but I didn't like it. I liked how it was filmed. I think half of it was really funny and half of it was like too slow and didn't have enough material in it. I found none of it funny. <laughs> can I tell you the best can I tell you the best special of the year? Like hands down the best special was Michelle Wolf's joke show. Was I, so, I I hear that. So uh, I, I intend to watch it. I intend to watch that also. Well the Louis one Louis was was really funny too. And I somebody I, told me one of the jokes from the Louis one and it really made me laugh. Which um one? the the compare what he compared his whole uh his whole situation to yeah yeah <laughs> he's, got a, that, he's got a couple that, great lines he's such a good writer that every now and then he's got like a tag at the end of a run that is so at the end of that run he goes obama knows my thing and saying that was just like such a linchpin joke it's so funny um well what's funny i one thing i've been watching a lot of uh is uh, i've been watching a lot of jim gaffigan bits on youtube okay i love jim gaffigan i love jim gaffigan too but i have this weird thing where like i think he's one of if not the best joke writer out there but i have trouble watching full specials of his i tend to like i just it's almost like there's so much there he just does so much in them and it's all good, but like I'll I'll often be watching it thinking it's almost over and then find out I'm only 20 minutes in. And I'll be like, it feels like I've been watching this for 40 because you're hitting me with so much. And I think the other thing about it is it's so smart and so good and the jokes are so strong, but he's never quite like challenging the way I think about things. He's more just like making great jokes about well, things. Which I like. You, I don't think every comic has to get on stage and rewire. I mean, Chappelle's so great at no, that. But, but, but that's, but that's, but that's the thing is like, for me, the thing that keeps me the most engaged over the longest period of time is really activating my brain in a way that's like, that's like almost, I feel like I'm almost in combat with the comic. Sure. Uh, so and, you like Bill, so Bill Burr is your favorite comic for that reason. Well, Chappelle, Chappelle, Bill Burr would be up there. Norm. And, you know, I loved Louie. Chappelle, um, Chappelle's so great about that because every bit he does has that. But Bill Burr, even when he's telling you something simple, it sounds like he's mad at you and yelling at you. You yeah, know, these I, people. I, that, didn't, I didn't like Bill Burr's last, most recent special. Paper Tiger? Um, I thought it was great. God, you're very uh, picky. I, I don't know. Just, you know, just some things click, some things don't. But, but on, like a, on a bit by bit level. Jim's just, so tight. Yeah. It's just, it's, un, it's, it's more, it's almost just unbelievable how much material he mines out of. He everything. really squeezes the juice. Well, he, his. just unbelievable. It's so impressive. And it's so his, funny. Noble Ape, whatever his most recent one was on Amazon that, that opens with 20 minutes on his wife's brain surgery. So it's just unbelievable. Like, every, it's un, 20 un, minutes. Unbelievable. Every Apparently, he's the best brain surgeon. The whole bit about he's the best. I guess he was on America's Got Brain Surgeon. I just love was my, like, you're the favorite, best. <laughs> my favorite tag in that run, because it's 20 minutes, right? So many jokes. That's my favorite so tag good. in it is when he has such a complex premise that he like they send him food but his wife can't eat it so he's hiding eating the food it's a new version of 
I'm helping my wife. It's like, <laughs> he's so good. Um, I, I've watched almost everything because part of me is like comics that don't watch stuff and then want to be famous comedians and aren't writing. It's like you don't have to be writing all the time. But if you don't watch every special, it just seems weird to me. That's the research you should be doing. I don't necessarily watch every special, but well, I very I, much I definitely think about it. I mean, I watch tons of them, um, but I don't know, just some some things don't appeal to me. But uh, at the, on the same token, I definitely like try to like study it like i very much feel like filmmakers who don't watch movies are really lacking an extreme knowledge base but it's interesting because um i've actually taken sort of a step back from stand-up because of this whole thing like it was weird you know i i go it just i i get real like wrapped up in whatever my obsession is in the moment. So like for the past year and a half while I was doing nonstop standup, I was almost exclusively watching standup and, and like rarely watching movies. But now that we're all, um, now that we're all pandemic off, now that we're all quarantined off and like standup isn't like a thing I can go out and do right now. I'm, uh, I've like rewired myself back into, into movie mode and I've been working on scripts and things and I've just been pounding through uh, movies I haven't seen that I've always wanted to. I've watched like 30 a, movies that like rec- could kind of slip through the cracks. For a me. recommendation that you think is worth mentioning? Oh, oh well, I post, uh, I post updated lists on my, on my Twitter of everything. What's I've one for me? Uh, last night I watched The Fog, John Carpenter movie from the 70s. Awesome horror movie, really scary, really like stylish. Oh, the and, like, fog also, rolls in and kills people. Well, there's like monsters in the fog, but um, but also it has like it had a very like 80s Spielberg quality to it of like the small town and like the people in it and uh, um, just super good, super good. Uh, highly recommend it. I I have a few movies on my list to watch that are like supposed to be great that I got to check out. Easy one on Netflix that like I hadn't seen that it just somehow slipped through the cracks for me. Tootsie, I'd never seen Tootsie. Tootsie have you great. ever seen Tootsie? Of course, Tootsie, yeah. Uh, fantastic, fantastic film. How uh, how could we remake Tootsie today? Uh, well, it's interesting. I had this on my second episode of my podcast. Me and Zach Mendez were were debating whether or not Tootsie was feminist or anti-feminist because like, it's like Tootsie becomes this feminist icon, but it's almost like the movie is like, it took a man to prove that women can be equal to men. What was your stance? Your stance was that it wasn't feminist and his was that it was. Well, it's, I don't know. I just think it's like, it's, it's, I I don't, I don't actually have an answer because I think uh, it isn't, it is. And it isn't, there's like an argument that it's like mansplaining feminism in its way. But at the same time, there's like strong feminist messages uh, through the character of Tootsie. Uh, Maybe, maybe it's about just the nature of the patriarchy and how it empowers some and doesn't. And you see Dustin Hoffman, seeing things through a woman's perspective and uh and feeling the weight of the patriarchy but at the same time tootsie sort of overcomes it and it's kind of like uh if only if we if only a man were a woman (laughs) main question who was a better who looked better as a woman dustin hoffman or robin williams in mrs doubtfire well i think what's what's uh I think what's really remarkable about both of those films is the fact that um, they both pull it off so well. 
like <laughs> like when you're watching the movie, you you really it doesn't it's not like white chicks where you're like, who are these monsters? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love white chicks. White I like, chicks white, I like white chicks, too. But it's just like you look at them and they're horrifying. <laughs> um, and just like their portrayals are ridiculous. But like it just goes to show the strength of a great actor that like Dustin Hoffman and Two Rob Williams. Yeah, they're both able to pull off believably being a woman so much so that you don't even question it for a second, despite the qualities of them that like, like, you know that it's a man playing a woman, but you get so but like the brilliance of both performances is how much you get wrapped up in them actually being a woman when they're playing the female characters. I, both those movies. I mean, I'm obviously more partial to Mrs. Doubtfire, one of my favorite films, and I do jokes about it, but. I, both those movies are such well, stuff. Well, previously written bits of mine that I have about both those films separate of each other is, um, is, uh, is, you know, we live in this time right now, you know, we're out on the mics and there's, and there's tons of, uh, there's tons of comics that love to do trans material. And like, I'm not again, I'm not opposed to a comic doing material about anything, but definitely like the, I'd say the vast majority of the trans material I hear from comics, comics is hack and unfunny. However, I do think Unless it's like, from a trans comic. They tend to do really good trans material. Sure, sure, sure. But at the same time, at the same time, there is almost this weird quality of like of like up until recently, we did universally decide it was the funniest thing in the world. Because when AFI put out their hundred films, one hundred laughs list, the number one movie, the movie they thought was the funniest movie of all time is Some Like It Hot, which is just a movie about two men running around dressed as women. And that's literally like the whole joke of the film. And then if you think, all right, fine, that's the number one movie. The number two funniest movie of all time, according to AFI, is Tootsie. So they, they decided one and two, the funniest thing they could come up with was a man running around dressed like a woman. And Mrs. Doubtfire is not number three, but it is on the list. Um, Have you seen Some Like It Hot? Yeah, it's funny. One of, it's one of my favorite Jack Lemmon performances. It's it's funny. It's funny. I mean, like the final joke of the movie is a gay joke. Nobody's perfect. I think um, it's a. I think it's a love joke. It's, it's not a, a love, gay it's, joke. It, it it is, but there's also it is a companionship but like, age but like, family. Like part of the jokes like is like like oh you're gay for liking me, and then he's like oh nobody's perfect. So it it is. It is it is a little bit predicated on that being on that being wrong. Um, and then my that guy just the joke perfectly. He's like uh, looks ahead and it's like he's so sweet. The the dude who says that. And then uh, my my Robin Williams is much sadder and I'm probably and I kind of forgot it because I've never really done it. But it, it was more in conversation. Someone was just saying like, you know. They were like, I could tell when someone's going to kill themselves. And I'm like, I know what you mean. I remember I watched Mrs. Doubtfire and I was like, that guy. <laughs> uh, that, joke is, that joke is a classic joke based on irony, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally, totally. Because of, of course it would. <laughs> um, that joke would work better if it was a role of his that didn't have any somber elements, right? Like, 
Well, does that? I mean, I guess that has somber elements, but it's also like sure. him, like Tulu, and like running around. Yeah. Somber when he plays a man. I mean, he loses his kids. I, I rewatched that movie not too long ago, and you know what the movie ends with, which is just like weird to me. They drive off with the dad. He picks him up. They're divorced. It ends with the divorce. The very first thing that he do he does when they drive off is he rolls. Is he runs a stop sign. He just drives right through a stop sign. And I feel like he should end with him getting pulled over for being a terrible father. I love just like the the whole 90s, like, like just totally disregarding the drama of 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 its own real of reality. My favorite 90s version of that is in Speed. Do you remember Speed with Keanu Reeves? And Sandra. The funniest thing, I watched it again recently and I couldn't stop cracking up because at the end of the movie, so basically the whole movie, they've all like engaged in this horrifically traumatic experience um, that like would, would cause trauma therapy for the rest of our lives. On top of which, Keanu Reeves' partner is and best friend is murdered along with like a ton of other people he works with in that explosion that kills Jeff Daniels. They're like definitely like needing to go to the hospital. And the movie ends with them all laughing and I'm okay, you're okay type moment. And then like, like, guitar music playing freeze frame and i'm like it's just the most absurd of all like like just completely yeah. ignoring the uh, remnants of the 80s movies that all end i also that way. love i one of my other aspects of like those types of movies that i love is i love movies like lethal weapon where they just mercilessly kill henchmen just like they're mercilessly killing people and then they get up to like the worst guy who's like the hitler of the organization and he's about to kill him and they're always like no not worth losing your humanity over yeah and it's like you just murdered like 30 people in cold blood to get to them without batting an eye uh, well <laughs> they do a nice satire of that exact thing in uh austin powers the original yeah, yeah they yeah, do yeah, a yeah. lot of like <laughs> the henchman do you even have a name it's so good. Um, I just rewatched that. By the way, at the beginning of this podcast, you need to make it clear that there are spoilers for like at least seven or eight good movies. No, you know, at this point, if you haven't seen Speed or Mrs. Doubtfire, it's just like that's on you. I don't know. I think that's when the spoilers are the most important. It's just, but also here, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story that um, I was watching. Uh, I was watching Martin Scorsese be interviewed on Conan when The Departed came out. And um, he accidentally. By the way, when I picture you, that's how I picture you watching old <laughs> clips of Scorsese on Conan. That's, well, this that's, was this was this was, it was when it, this was when it was live. This was when sure. it was live. Sure, uh, was and uh, Scorsese accidentally revealed that like um, one of the main characters dies towards the end of the movie, and it's like he's like spoils the movie like right when it's coming out, and then he goes, he goes, listen, it's not about the ending it's about the ride a great movie isn't a great movie because of what happens in it it's a great movie because of because of the experience of going through it and yeah. it's like it's like the best movies you can watch again and again and again knowing what happens and if they're a great movie you'll you'll get wrapped up in the drama every time uh i rewatch i agree with you, agree with you. The- i'm gonna add something to that which is 
there's a like white paper academics journal scientific study they did at University of Michigan, somewhere like that. And it was basically exactly that scientifically proven that you don't enjoy a movie less if you know what happens. So spoilers aren't really, but people get mad about it, even if it doesn't actually you don't make. Don't want it movie. spoiled. You want it. You want to. You want to relish in it. But if a spoiler ruins a movie, then it's not a good movie. Um, but uh, but here's what here's what I'll say. I to, to like even further prove that point. Um, one of the movies, one of the few movies I've rewatched during the pandemic, was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was my favorite movie of last year. It's, it was the third time watching it. I saw it twice in theaters. I guess you didn't um, see Parasite. Uh, I saw Parasite. I just didn't like it as much as Once Upon a Time. Um, I was happy Parasite won, but Once Upon a Time is my favorite. But here's the interesting: Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, it okay. wasn't. It wasn't even top three for me. Fine, but here's 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 my point about it. After seeing it the first time, I remember thinking to myself, I wonder if I'll like this again, knowing what happens, because a lot of the suspense is removed from the film once you've seen it. It's like when he goes to the ranch, you know, knowing sure. what happens removes a lot of like the first time edge of my seat, what's going to happen to him at the ranch. Uh, the whole time there's like this palpable dread knowing the true history of what happens to Sharon Tate and it gets to the end. And if you know what, if you know what happens in the movie, you know, that suspense of what's going to happen at the end. I saw it. Why would you not just tell me that? You don't want to spoil it. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil this movie, which is new versus, versus the other. Cause I don't want people to like turn off my podcast. Cause they've, I don't, if you, if you haven't seen Mrs. Droughtfire and you're trying to avoid spoilers, just go fuck yourself. But uh, and if you don't expect what's going to happen in both Mrs. Doubtfire and Speed in the happy endings era of film, um, we also spoiled something like it hot, though. I mean, that's a movie from the 60s. Uh, and no one's watching that. Did um, you see Jojo <laughs> Rabbit last year? Jojo well, Rabbit wasn't got, something you like more? No, I actually didn't like Jojo Rabbit. But uh, um, so but but to end my point. Knowing what was going to happen in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood actually made me like the movie even more because as opposed to like watching the movie from the vantage point of suspense and like like what's going to happen to these characters and is everyone going to be okay? I get to just relish in the pure joy of hanging out with these people being in this world and like and like the fantasy of what Hollywood once was maybe. And like like what what my sort of dream of this town was before I came here. And also it's just like such a beautiful movie about friendship. And it's like you get to really relish the film for all its themes and all its atmosphere and, and, and all its joy rather than its darkness and like its suspense. And it makes it an even more fulfilling experience. So I almost recommend watching it again now that you've seen it and know what's going to happen. You That's think you fair. Might, you might, you I, might find... A different, I'll tell you, a different perspective I'll, I'll on it. I'll tell you why I liked it, because I didn't like it for the suspense or any of that. I thought it was really funny. When you watch it, it's, it's really funny. funny. Yeah, yeah. And it's clearly a movie he enjoyed doing. I mean, what you just described is, I think, a really apropos description of Kill Bill or Inglorious Bastards or one of the movies that's like fun to watch because it's a good comment on Tarantino. He makes a world that is engaging and enjoyable to watch. Yeah, yeah. But but did you go in knowing the real story of Sharon Tate and yeah, all of that? Of okay, yeah. so 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 that like the, people that, the first time... the people that were so inept from the reality of like the Manson trial. That's crazy to me that you're 15 or something and you like go in and you're like, who's Sharon? I mean, I guess I don't know. People did it. <laughs> um, but I, I just think there's like a joy in the film, you know, and, and it's like 
it's it's also a movie for me, like of all of his films, maybe with the exception of Pulp Fiction, where there are little meaningful moments that like um that they're they're just littered throughout. There's just these subtle things that 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 make such a difference. For example, one one of one of them is that like when Sharon Tate goes to watch her own movie. In the movie, she watches the actual Sharon Tate perform. And, uh, you know, one of the big criticisms about the movie is like Sharon Tate had no lines. But, but like, I think that that moment's so much about just getting to like see Sharon Tate as a real person and give her a different legacy outside of just being a person who's killed by the Manson family, because that's all it is. Because right before Sharon Tate goes to watch herself in the movie, DiCaprio has that scene where somebody asks him about almost getting cast in The Great Escape, another movie I watched during the pandemic for the first time. Um, and and Tarantino puts Leonardo DiCaprio into The Great Escape. And it's sort of like him showing like, yeah, I have the technology to put Margot Robbie in the Sharon Tate movie, but I want you to see Sharon Tate act because I want her to have like a legacy as an actress. Mm. So there were things like that. Somebody should get uh, Quentin Tarantino like a, a Nobel Peace Prize for doing that. Totally, totally, totally. Uh, I would vote for uh, Can I tell you the movie I hated the most from last year that everybody loved that I turned off? And then I rewatched because I was like, I want to give it a chance. And I thought it was complete garbage. I couldn't have fucking hated it more. Can you what guess? You I was going to have you guess. Irishman? No, I like the Irishman. Okay. Uh, it was, it was a marriage Woo! story. I, I thought marriage uh, story oh, was... Yeah. I know a lot of people. Trash. I know a lot of people that hate Marriage Story. I haven't watched Marriage Story, so I can't comment on it. Every second of it was just garbage to me. I didn't that, like. I've heard. Just, I've heard some people feel that way, but I know other people that love it. Um, I lo- the Irishman was my second favorite, but that also speaks to how much I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I'm predisposed to liking Scorsese movies more than anything. I go in with like the fanboy attitude Marvel fans go into the Avengers with. There's like nothing that could make me not like the movie. And De Niro and Pacino are my favorite actors. So it was like, I was so prepped. I was so jonesed. It's Those funny. It's about friendship in a way. It's funny that Scorsese has this mindset where he goes, uh, I'll cast Italians to play any race or any, uh, <laughs> I don't well, care. People, people, De Niro is half Irish. Okay, fine, but casting uh who played um what's his name? Uh uh uh, uh Pacino is so Italian. Hoffa isn't Hoffa Italian? I thought he was Irish. I think Hoffa's Italian. I'll tell you who's the best one. Who played um uh Tony Cap? Who's the little who's the little Cashy? guy? No. No, no. The actor who oh, played Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's great. Pacino's me, though Pacino was my favorite in the film I feel like the movie like was like good and then the second Pacino comes in it just becomes super like I got super tied, locked into it um but uh but yeah Scorsese will cast anyone Scorsese cast um cast Harvey Keitel to play Judas in Last Temptation of Christ and uh, he does it with like a full-on Brooklyn accent he's like <laughs> Jesus you gotta fucking like you know <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I think that there's a um, 
I think there's a philosophy behind it, and it's kind of like I always get turned off. I, I'm more about, I'm more into filmmakers who are willing to take chances and do things, and there's a sort of philosophy that Scorsese approached it with where he goes, I'm telling a dramatic story. It's like worrying about people having these specific accents and everything being very mannered. Yeah, but... It's less in- is less interesting to me than sort of these naturalistic performances that just get to the heart of the drama. Doesn't always work perfectly. Maybe it didn't totally work in uh, Harvey Keitel's. I don't um, care about it working or not working. I don't know if those filmmakers deserve a lot of credit for quote taking chances when you're successful and can do whatever you want. It's not really a chance for them to take. Uh, taking taking it's it's always a chance. That movie was a chance. That movie almost got almost ruined his career. Um, Ruined his illustrious, long-running, already top of the line. You it think didn't... it? You think it's so easy to? You think it's so easy to survive in Hollywood? It's not. It's Spielberg talks about having a tough time getting movies made. You think? Yeah, but that's because he's a dirty Jew. That's the anti-Semitism. <laughs> oh, he's every time anti-fucking anti-Semites. Um, so, uh, so you live alone right now, right? Yeah. I'm gonna go inside. Actually, it got cold, and I'm gonna plug my computer in. And look, it's a nice spot. Look at that. You got like that nice scenery out there. It's oh it's, yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous my little, looking... my little balcony. Is that I... is that a lake over there? Is are you like right by a park? Where do you see a lake? This is a street. No, I just it, you know it's very blown out. So like the it looks like almost like it could be a like that could be a park over there. I live alone. I'm getting my charger. Oh. Is it a studio or a one bedroom? Two bed. Two bedroom in yeah, Echo I have Park. A little office, Eagle Rock. Eagle Rock, Eagle Rock. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Man, that's that's uh, quite a find. Are you paying a ton of money for it? You're breaking up there. Think your computer's uh, reacclimating to the indoors. Oh, I like the pajama pants. Hold on one sec. I gotta go put my uh, groceries that just showed up in my fridge. I'll be right back. I'll be right here. What groceries right. did you get? What groceries yeah. did you get? Uh, I got. I've been. I've been doing pretty good. I got bananas, eggs, uh, p- tomatoes, orange juice, bacon, um, low skim mozzarella cheese sticks. Oh yeah, good for you. Uh, <sighs> Do you oh, think our convo some, recorded? And some, and some bread. Uh, I think it did, but uh, I don't know a hundred percent for sure. I I'm hope sure so because I. I feel like it was a pretty hot episode. I thought we had a pretty good at banter. The, at the end of the day, you know, I was worried. I felt like it was starting out weak, and then it, uh, and then it picked up steam, um, mostly thanks to myself and some of my hot movie takes. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I mean, I'm not kidding, but I am kidding. But I'm I could, uh, I could throw some gossip in. I could rip some comics apart. I could share personal life. Yeah. Yeah. All that. That all sounds great. I love, well, so I love anything up. controversial. Team me up. Um, what, what, gossip, what, controversial? Gossip. what gossip do you have? You can't just be like, like, I can't predict the gossip you have. Yeah, give me, you, give me the hot goss. You have to go. Did this person sleep with this person? I mean, I actually don't know if people trust me with gossip. I'm I'm a great secret keeper, so I don't share secrets. But gossip is not really secrets. Gossip is more like, here's what I think's happening, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Share, share some of your hot goss. Um, I think. Uh, I bet you, uh, fourth wall was going to close. Is gonna is like is shutting down for good. Yeah, I'm making that up. But you're it's making gossip. that up. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, wait, you don't have any gossip. You don't have anything, you know, that like you feel like you shouldn't share, but no one told you not to. So you might because you just you just you just tempted me. I wish gossip. I had more now that I said it. Now that I said Listen, the word, gossip. this is the safe. Like you may think, oh, I'm on a podcast right now. Like this is a dangerous place to share hot gossip. This is the safest place to share gossip. You could throw out your social security and bank account number right now, and you would never, you would never be robbed. Your is identity, your, your identity, is your reasoning behind, be safer. Is your reasoning behind this because no one's listening to this podcast? Just my mom, and she can be trusted. <laughs> what was her name? Cindy. What was Kathy. 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 Kath, you want my social? I can share my social with <laughs> share Kathy. It, share it, share it. Unless I make it the clip on on Instagram. Yeah, but <laughs> I have great credit. And if I give it, if I make it the clip on Instagram, then thirty five people will know it. <laughs> I'm gonna do a podcast too, just because it's gonna be fun. This is very, this has been very fun to do. I'm, right, I, it really, it's it's been one of the main things that's helped me get through. Like, I'm not doing this to get famous or or have thing, a great yeah. podcast, but it's nice to check in with my buds. Have a nice conversation. Use that conversation to blackmail them with later. Um, gossip for you. Do you have you been doing any comedy at all? Because I made the mistake of doing a show, but okay. So I did. I've done two two shows. The first Zoom show was shockingly great. Had a great time on it. Like. Um, uh, I couldn't hear anyone watching, but I could see like I could see the people's faces watching, and they were laughing, and there were comments, and I was very in the moment. And, like this was great. Then I did Ryan the Cable Viewer's Instagram Live birthday show. Nightmare, nightmare. Well, Would not. Yeah, why? Well, I, I really just, don't want to do it. I actually, and I just posted like the thing that when I said like, can I have ten minutes before we begin at the beginning of this, was because I was finishing up subtitling a clip of me working in material on somebody else's podcast so that I could post it to Instagram. I've used the podcast as my um, way to work in new material I come up with. This is my vessel through which I do new material. So, um, Yeah, I could tell you were really workshopping material on me. I, I don't think I workshopped part. anything on you. I, I maybe like found something in there. If I want to watch some, back to like, you did some old clip. jokes. You did your old uh, Tootsie and Mrs. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, but but, but I, I, but, I but yeah, well, I also I also pre-acknowledged that that's what I was doing rather than pretending I worked it in naturally like I did in the clip I posted today on uh, on Instagram. Um. <laughs> I did one show and it was a mistake. I'm on a text exchange with like eight of my buddies from college and on a Wednesday or something, this was like three weeks ago. One of my buddies goes, Jake on Friday night, we should all Venmo you some money and you should do like a half hour show for us. Yeah, and I made a joke where I was like, sounds good, 50 bucks a guy or something like that. I was fucking around. And then Friday, they set up a Zoom call and we're all like, what are we really Venmoing you? And I was like, you don't have to Venmo me, but I'm not going to do 30 minutes. And they were like, do as much time as you want. So I was like, all right, fuck, fine, I'll do it. There were like 15 people on all college friends and their wives and like friends of theirs. And I did maybe 15, 20 minutes of just my A material. And it was... Um, it was fine, but I had everybody go on mute because I was like, I don't want to hear you laughing. If I'm going to, I don't want to hear any of it. Because so, you see their faces? 
Um, I could see like a little mini snapshot, a little gallery view of like just a few. And I'll tell you, there's only one person on there that I appreciated. And this is now my new role for doing Zoom calls. There's one guy who I went to college with who's like an assistant basketball coach. And so he's got a lot of basketball buddies who like played in Europe and are. So he invited this one dude who's this huge black guy who I know we're friendly, but he's not like a close buddy. He was the only one on the call that I could see laughing because they're so much more physical. And every time he laughs, he'd be like, oh, shit, and like fly around. And it was great because it was the only real laughs I knew I was getting, whereas I mean, everyone else. I mean, I feel like I feel like your your story was like, this is why I'll never do another Zoom call show. And then it sounded like it was a pretty good Zoom call show. I'd only do Zooms for black audience members that are very physical. Is that, racist. is that racist? It's for, <laughs> for black audience members. Um, it's 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 weird. <laughs> it's weird that I loved them. I love. But don't worry, don't worry. Your secret's safe with this publicly broadcast <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I hope secret, I get canceled. Your secret is you, safe. What are the odds you think I will have of getting canceled? Do you think I'm going to be canceled somehow? Like your odds are higher than any non-straight white male getting canceled, but your odds are medium low. I'd say your odds are lower. But it's because weird. I don't know. Everyone's canceled. We're all canceled. It, the, America's been canceled. It's all canceled. I'm, I'm taking what you said as a huge compliment, though. You're saying I'm less at risk than an average straight white male. Like, if I were to, like, if I were to group all straight white men in comedy together, you'd be, you'd be towards the bottom of the people I believe were getting canceled in the group. Um, Thank you. But... But I also have this whole thing, you know, it's like like another interesting thing. I think it's tough. I think it's hard for people who, you know, let's say let's just like remove this whole pandemic from reality. We're just back in the world of stand up like it was. I, I think there's a challenge for people starting out because like I watched a couple tapes of me from when I was beginning years ago. Um, that I've since just deleted <laughs> uh, all, all recording of, where I was like, man, I said some things that just are not okay. Yeah. And like, like that I would be sitting there shocked. And it's like, you know, I've evolved so much, but like, but like just the, the attitude that would have been presented towards me had I been saying those things yeah. now ten, is very. Um, 10 years ago, I did a stand up in Boston and I did some rape jokes. And I remember a friend of mine's girlfriend was like, you shouldn't do those rape jokes. I find them offensive. And I, they weren't like pro rape jokes, which a lot of rape jokes are. They just used rape as part of a punchline, which is, you know, I wouldn't do that now. But back then I had a punch. I won't won't not use something. It just depends on, on multiple aspects of it. I think everything's fair game to make jokes about, but I think you have to know what you're actually saying. And a lot of comedians don't know what they're saying. Sarah Silverman actually is the person who I think said it best. It's like, it's like you can say anything and stand up. Just a lot of things have become hack at this point. And it's like, it's like, are you evolving past the hackiness and offensiveness of what you're saying? Like, like being a shock comic doesn't really mean anything 
Uh, it doesn't mean Anyone. what it used to because we've already went through an era of shock comedy. Sure. It's trying to like evolve. The comedy is a, a constantly evolving medium, and it's just like doing what the last generation of comics did is only going to make you outdated. You're not going to be a comic of the future. Well, and I think yeah, I think that's spot on. And I think a lot of comics. Thank you, Sarah Silverman. I think a lot of comics say something uh, very broad and or very intense because they think that that is going to be more differentiating so they have really strong stances and really what's more powerful is nuance and confidence in your nuance and you don't have as much time on stage to be dave Chappelle and do 25 minutes on why his stance on trans people or whatever is more nuanced but it's easier to go i hate all this thing or i love all you know and it hopefully people think will make them memorable but it, it, we don't have the luxury of nuance, so it's a shame. There is there is the challenge right now, and I mean this is this is where I fall into like. It's funny because like I think of myself as a clean but controversial comic. I don't even think I'm that controversial. I'm just willing to go into areas that make people that make the most PC people slightly uncomfortable. But I always feel like if they actually listen to what I'm saying they'll find that I'm existing within the nuance of it, but you just hear certain subject matters and you get turned off. Well, some, some people don't acknowledge that subject matter can be tough. I don't think you do that. I think that the material I've seen you do that is about a riskier subject matter, you tend to handle with care, but some people don't. This is what I mean when I say that's like, what I'm saying. I handle it with care, but there are times like I remember I've done shows. It's like, I do a joke about my mom loving me, even if I was a school shooter and like, the joke is simply about my mom's like absurd level of loving me. That like, the it's like an acknowledgement that like, that like most mothers would stop loving their child if they did something atrocious to the point of shooting up a school. And, and like I'm playing up the absurdity, and I choose that example because I think it's the most, it's the most harsh example to like deliver the punchline of the joke but i can't tell you how many times i've done that joke and it just completely turns the audience off to me yeah there are certain terms you just say the word rape you say the word school shooter you say uh anything that is a hot button issue a touch point you know it some people you like pedophile jokes have been hacked for a while and i do a couple and the ones that I do, you got to be really careful to bring up the word pedophile the right way. My buddy Tony gave me a great piece of advice with some of these things, too, because I'll do some Jewish jokes, but I try not to do too many Jewish bits. And he goes, if you're doing a joke that's got any level of intensity, it's important to let the audience know up top where you stand, even if that's the reveal of the joke or the punchline, so that they're willing to laugh along the way. Because I do a joke about being called a kike and not letting people know that I didn't care or that I don't like gives them permission early on to laugh. If you do a joke about a pedophile and they don't know where you're going with it yet, it, it can be tough to get You gotta laughs. make sure to let them know you're a pedophile at the top of the joke exactly. so they understand that you're not a being kike pedophile. You're a kike pedophile. <laughs> that, you, know, you, don't wanna, you don't wanna offend any of the pedophiles in the room, think you're doing pedo material when you yourself are, are a regular heterosexual. Exactly, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Very pro. Um, well, would would is is okay. So actually, I just I just made a comment, and now I now I don't know where w the validity of my comment. I said you're a heterosexual instead of a pedophile, but can you be a heterosexual pedophile? Of course, 
there are plenty of male uh, but pedophiles I say, so, that only so fuck like little girls. Pedoph- pedophile isn't a separate sexuality. They're from, not. They're not from mutually homosexual exclusive. or heterosexual. So no. there's heterosexual, homosexual pedophiles. If you were, if you're trying to categorize pedophilia into a medium, I think the closest one that aligns with a non. What's a non-pedophile? Uh, I think a non-pedophile is a healthy adult who oh, wants. Like what? What? What kind of file are you? Yeah. What's the file. You're a um. You're a adultophile. What's the like yeah, yeah, Greek yeah, yeah. word for adult? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think pedophilia is kind of a kink. Is maybe what now of course that might the be... Greeks have a word for pedophilia, but they don't have a word for just adult love. <laughs> yeah. See, nor- normally now I Google what's the opposite of a pedophile, but I don't want that on my search history. So <laughs> I'll Google anything. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done watching myself. You know, a lot of people are like, you gotta, you gotta. They're always telling me I gotta be more selective about the things I post on social media. Da 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 da. Okay, and I'm I got just it. Like, for, I'm just first like, thing on Google. It just came up perfectly. Teleophile. Teleophile. Adults whose primary sexual attraction is for mid to late teens are properly called ephibophiles, but ephibophile is not considered abnormal by health professionals. The opposite opposite of a pedophile attraction to adults is called teleophile. Teleophile. So I want to make I want to do a whole bit about being a teleophile and just watch people get freaked out by it. Yeah, because I'm like, a, I gotta be honest, I'm a teleophile. I'm not attracted to Teletubbies. I'm attracted to adults. Well, no, no, no. I got I to gotta keep it going. I got to have people just tear like, like, what a monster. What a monster this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> teleophile. Um, Are you a teleophile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I like adults. Listen, I'm just checking. You never really know. <laughs> what are trying to say here, Rapstein? You know what? Honestly, uh, I could admit to anything on this podcast. Won't be used against me in court because there's no way a lawyer or cop is sitting through the whole podcast. If that's yeah. that first 10 and they're just like, uh, we'll let them off. <laughs> I bet you get a couple listeners because of me. I bet I'm a draw. I bet a couple people. You're going to get your mom and you're going to get my mom. So you just doubled your listener base by that's having nice. me as a guest. If there even is a podcast because I don't know if it recorded the first half of the show. <laughs> Oh, whatever. I don't care. It's been fun chatting with you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it has been. And we, bo- and we both learned a word. Teleophile. Teleophile. Educational podcast, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I you was listen think- to the show and you learn things. I was thinking about um, doing an educational podcast about business. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Who oh, I- the fuck knows? Who's your next uh, with guest? That, with that, uh, I don't know. You know, part of the show for me, and this this irritates some people, is that uh, it's a day of thing. I don't like to schedule guests because part of my part of my philosophy with this show is like, who am I in the mood to talk to? Because like, let's say I have a guest scheduled, and then it gets that day, and it's like, Ugh, I don't really want to talk to this person. Um, then I'm like trying to force conversation where I'm where like you hit me up, and I'm like, you know, I haven't really had a conversation with Jake yet. Yeah, And it's like, I want to talk to Jake, and we've had a great conversation. Had you been scheduled for today, maybe I would have like not been in the mood to talk to Jake, and then we talk for 20 minutes, and it doesn't go anywhere, and bad show. But it, when I hit people up that like I'm in the mood to have a convo with, and I would have just called to have a nice long conversation with, it makes for a good podcast. So um, I'm stealing this. I mean, that's exactly so I the like way to, I want to I like mine. to fly by the seat of my pants a little bit, and, and uh, 
have on the show, whoever I'm in the mood to have on the show that day. I will tell you this. There are people now banned from the show. Who? Because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to spread gossip. But uh, <laughs> there are people that, um, that asked me to schedule it with them, and I did. And then it got to that day, and they're like, I can't. And just multiple reasons. Why couldn't they? Me off. What one, are they doing? One, you made me break my own rules about the show to accommodate you. And then in accommodating you, you then didn't even follow through on it. I'm like, you know what? Don't need to have you on the show. Just don't want to talk tell, to you anymore. Don't tell me who it is, but just tell me, was it a man or a woman? It was a man. Of course. Men are the worst. Men do shit like that all. By the way, if you said woman, I would have had the same response. <laughs> Turn me down as many times as you want when I hit you up day of. But don't schedule with me and then pretend like you have anything to do in this time when the world is canceled. Yeah. Like, like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because you know what? Like, I can't today. You can't today. All 24 hours of today are scheduled. <laughs> no. No, yeah. not not yeah. gonna buy it. Not gonna yeah. buy it. I can't right now. Let's do it in a couple. You were like, I can't right now. Can we do it at three? And I was like, Yeah. And then at three, I was like, Hey, I'm doing something for another ten minutes. Can you do it ten minutes later? And you were like, I got nothing to do. And yeah. then we did it. Turned out to be a great show. Anything you want to promote before I go? You got a new podcast coming soon? It's still in the nascent stages. I would promote this podcast, but whoever's listening is already listening to it. The only thing I think I want to promote is um, I know it's such a hack and cliche thing, but supporting local business if you can, and specifically friends and family. I posted about it on Instagram, but if you're in LA and you can eat or order from friends and family, they're doing a very cool thing where you put in your order by five on Friday. You pick it up within a two-hour window on Sunday. The food is amazing to go. I got a vegan chili frozen, like a frozen thing of chili for 12, 14 bucks, whatever it was. It's lasted me for five days. It's unbelievable. Well, you'll you'll appreciate this then, Jake. I've been um, heavily supporting my local Amazon warehouse and my local Whole Foods marketplace. So uh, I I've actually, been I've I been supporting like local. I've been supporting local businesses with all my orders. And with that, uh, thank you guys for listening to the show, Mom. Uh, if anyone else has made it here, um, Thanks, if you want, if you want me to talk about anything if you have any requests for guests as long as they have been banned for the show email me at quarantine podcast at gmail.com uh thank you jake for coming on the show uh it was a great conversation hopefully it recorded all of it a lot of spoilers if not we'll um we'll do it again sometime yeah we'll, all right we'll, we'll do it and it'll be great stay again. safe josh thank you thank you goodbye everybody